Welcome to the Everything Music Ed podcast. I'm your host, Tom Borning. In this podcast, you'll hear from teachers, musicians, and others about their experiences in learning and teaching music. In today's podcast, we talk to Megan Anthony, who's been a music teacher for 18 years. We discuss teaching at the junior high level, picking appropriate literature for student groups, as well as conducting and leading adult music ensembles. Hope you enjoy the show. Are you playing for Newsies? Yeah, why are you? No, I oh. would love to. I love that show. I Oh, oh, I, I was like, I how would it. you? Oh, uh, I was wondering how you saw that. You saw my book. That is a super fun show. We did that at Monomoy a few years ago. You've played it? I, not the trumpet book, the piano book. Piano book? Yeah. Newsies? Newsies. I didn't realize, it's funny, whenever whenever the music teacher at my school has a sub, he always, ha- he has like one grade is watching Shrek the musical <laughs> and the other is watching Newsies. And so, like, I didn't, I've never seen Newsies. And then I heard, you know, seize the day. And I was like, wait a sec. I've heard, like, I've heard so many <laughs> choruses do that song. Mm. It's unbelievable. So uh, I was like, I've heard this song 3,000 times. I had no idea it was from Newsies or, the boy, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But that's funny. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to doing it. It seems uh, pretty cool. So, and who was in the original movie? Um, famous actor Christian Slater Christian Bale yes right exactly this yes yeah yeah, yeah. right Batman yes yeah. yeah he was like the fourth Batman yeah 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 no <laughs> I, I mean but he's also like, like he's great like you know he's like the guy he lo- he loses like 60 pounds for a role or something stupid like that it's crazy yeah all right I'm here with Megan Anthony <laughs> Megan, I, Megan, how long have you been a music teacher? I have been a music teacher for 18 years, I think. 18, wow. So you, what year did you graduate high school? 2001. What? 2000? You're a 2000 graduator? Yep. That makes me feel a little old. <laughs> All right. But, Okay. And then you went to UMass, right? Yes, I did. Yes. Go fellow ahead. fellow UMassian. Love it. Love it. All right. So um, tell me about your early... Do you remember like early music education where you grew up? Like elementary music class and stuff like that? Yeah. Yep. And where did you grow up? I grew up in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. So other side of the state from I here. Totally, I know you're band director. Hold on. It begins with an S. No? No. Oh, that's going to bother You know me. what? I went to the other high school. Oh. Oh, okay. That's why. I, I think I took a master's class with him. Oh, it's bothering me that I can't remember his name. Anyway, anyways, go ahead. You grew up in Pittsfield. <laughs> I grew up in Pittsfield, and our music teacher in elementary school's name was Mrs. Disco. <laughs> wow. Real. And we used the Silver Burdette books. Classic. Right. And... Um, I don't remember much, but I know we played recorder. Mm-hmm. And then in fourth grade, I played the flute. 
My mom wanted me to be the next Ian Anderson, just kind of like Steve. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh, right? That's not yeah. crazy. I could. <laughs> I almost died when I. You know, he was like, "Yeah, I was totally into Jethro Tull as a fourth grader, so I wanted to play flute." I'm like, "What?" So you hadn't played piano yet, or now? I had not played piano. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I started playing the flute in fourth and fifth grade. Um, just lessons. We didn't have a band or anything. And then in sixth grade, I had my first band experience, full band. Uh, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I knew in sixth grade that that's what I wanted to do. I just you knew, knew in sixth grade I knew you wanted sixth to be grade. a teacher. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. My first experience, we were on stage playing Jurassic Park. This is in a rehearsal. And I didn't know what multi-measure rests were. No idea. I just play it, just kept playing. And this other flute player very nicely <laughs> explained it to me. So, oh wow, that's great. Yeah, and then and then that teacher retired, Mr. Ellis, and we got a new teacher, young guy right out of college. His name was Mr. Rebuse. Oh, I know him. You know, he's a biker. Brian. Yeah, he is. He's a biker. Yeah, he's yeah, cool. yeah, he's a cool him. dude. And uh, he was super cool. He was always writing out pop music, but like he's a guitar player, yeah. so he was writing out Stone Temple Pilots for us to play as oh, a band, which was probably like, way too hard. Can't say, that's like my favorite band in the yeah, world. Yeah, okay. Well, he wrote a plush. So you know. Oh, that's what <laughs> a memory like, of that. I Sixteenth mean, oh, wow. notes and everything was way too hard, but that's okay. It was fun. So he came, and uh, in seventh grade, I thought it would be fun to try different things. So I wanted to play the oboe. So he gave me an oboe, and I took it home, and I played around with it and tried it in band. It was terrible. Did you say seventh grade? Mm-hmm. Wow. And then I thought horn would be really fun. So I took home a horn and played horn for five minutes. It was really hard. I didn't know what I was doing. And then I I thought the trumpet. The trumpets had the melody in middle school. I'm like, that's really cool. I want to play the trumpet. And that's when I started. Seventh grade, started playing the trumpet. And I was taking all these lessons in school. So I was taking still flute lessons because I was still playing flute. I was taking trumpet lessons. I was taking clarinet lessons because my best friend played clarinet. Oh and then word. I would go to the like makeup lesson. I was just going to as much as I could to band i got in trouble with my teachers for going to lessons so much i totally did junior high that was all like i actually didn't get in trouble other than my grade sucked but i was able to manipulate it in the in the way of like oh yeah i um i have a band lesson now you know but it was like a rotating thing so they never knew Mm. you know so they never checked up on it i spent so much time in seventh and eighth grade at the (laughs) band room yeah it's a place to be wow I can't believe you played all those instruments. That is unbelievable. Still no piano? When did you start piano? I started piano, I think, in sixth grade. I was at a neighbor's house, and we were their kids played piano, and I was sitting at the piano with them. I'm sure they were showing me something. The radio was on, and I just started playing along with the, the melody of the whatever was on the radio. And that woman called my mom and said, you need to get your daughter piano lessons. Wow. Like... Like, if I was to ask you right now, like, what's your main instrument? Would you say piano, right? I would, yeah. That, I, that's what I assume. But that's interesting that it wasn't even your first in- instrument. And most people, it's like, the, if piano's their instrument, lots of times, it's like they start pretty young. I actually did have a keyboard when I was younger. 
and those books with the the giant notes with the note heads sure. the names and the note heads um but i didn't took i never took lessons i just kind of messed around with that i wouldn't have said that i played piano really then wow, wow. i i just i find it so amazing how everybody just everybody's start is so different it's mm. incredible all right so you're you're in you now you're you're taking trumpet seventh and eighth grade and you're like now it's become trumpets becoming more of your band instrument yeah more for sure flute? trumpet okay. for i play trumpet all throughout high school and audition for junior districts and senior districts on trumpet on trumpet okay Yep, and then started playing in community bands, and we had a local community orchestra. I marched in a drum corps. Who conducted the community group? Do you remember? I don't remember. Oh, I was just curious. The, so so when you went to UMass, you applied on trumpet? I, and piano. Ah, that's interesting. Okay. And you, like, you, went, you went to high school. Well, you said you knew since sixth grade, but you went... You went to college being like, I know I want to be a band director. Yes. And so then my next question always is, is like, because my next assumption is usually like 90% of the time people that want to go is to be a band director. They want to be a high school band director. <laughs> yeah, um, that would be true. I wanted to teach right. high school. But when uh, I... To my knowledge, you never have. I never have. Right. That's funny. So what, what happened there? I, when I was student teaching, I couldn't get a high school placement I could, I got a middle school placement and, you know, I, I had to take it. Yeah. Sure. So I went and I just fell in love. Like they're great. Yeah, they're sure. They're my people. So. Yeah. No, that's funny. I, there's lots of people that, that love the junior high kid. You know, they don't bother me. Actually, they don't, I did junior high for one year. Mm-hmm. Um, my first year right out of college. And, and I, you know, I think, I think a lot of people just, can't stand the hormone thing or like <laughs> you know the kids because now it's like you know they get in seventh and eighth grade and it's like they get a little bit more lip but they and they're like testing the boundaries of like you know how much of a jerk can i be <laughs> you know like i i get like so, some people really struggle with that but yeah i would also say if you know that that's what they're doing it doesn't need to rub you so wrong all the time <laughs> so I feel like there's so much drama at high school. Yeah. Too that I'm sure. glad I don't have to deal with any of that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no. So okay, so you're uh so you student taught junior high. Yes. And then and then um when you where was your where was your first job? It was at Barnstable. It was Barnstable Junior High. Yeah, middle school yeah, at the time. The Barnstable yeah. Middle School. That's where I went, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. Uh, yeah, Barnstable Middle School, former attendee, team, blue team, blue team. All right, so you, you taught there for how long? Five years. Five years, and now? And now I'm at Nauset Middle School. Wow, and you've been there for? Been there for 11 years. Wow, that's incredible. And you like, you like, you love it. I love it. What's your... So when you were in Barnstable, is it just was it just band and lessons, or was there any general involved in that? Or? It started out as just band and lessons, and then it sort of eventually, when the schools reorganized and the eighth graders moved up to the high school and the sixth graders 
came to the middle school or the intermediate school. It became, then I had to teach a little bit of general music at the intermediate school and music tech at the high school, which was really fun because when that class started, there was no computers to take in the room. So that was, that was exciting. So it was really just music. Music yeah, tech, but in music a... tech without the tech. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's interesting. Mm. No, but I do remember actually, I remember that room because it had, it had the keyboards, eventually had the keyboards and the computers all in it. The music tech. I wasn't in that room. I was in just some classroom upstairs. Really? Overlooking the track, actually. Okay. I can... I feel like that was the foreign language area when I was there. That's interesting. Wow. Okay. Very interesting. All right. So, all right. So you did that. And now with your current job, let me ask you this. Do you, is it just band and lessons or is it, I, I, I should even ask you that. Is it lessons and band? Like, how does that work? Your schedule? What does that look like? Yes. So all the ensembles happen before school. And uh, 7th and 8th grade band meet two days a week, 6th grade band two days a week, and then jazz band one day. And then I have rotating pull-out lessons throughout the week. And that's all? You don't have any general? No, it's magical. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, me too. I don't have any general. I have pull-out lessons, but I do have I have two 5th grade band rehearsals and two 6th grade band rehearsals every six school days. And it happens during the school day. So that must be tough. Like, how many, like, do you find with the things happening before school that you have? Oh, wait, but Nosset is also, actually, we, we were sort of just talking about this before we started. The fact that Nosset Schools is one of the these schools that starts late. Am I correct? So it's a little bit, you know, a little bit later than... The average school, the idea is that the kids sleep in, they're less groggy in the morning, whatever. So, so like when you say early morning band rehearsal, that starts at? 7.30. 7.30, okay. And when I started up until COVID, we had busing that would, a bus coming from either direction, oh, you know, wow. one from sort of the Dennis Town line and one from oh. Truro or Wellfleet that would pick up kids along the way so that they didn't have to get a ride. But now there's a driver shortage. Oh yeah. We don't have, it's impossible to get buses for anything really, even just to transport the kids home from school. Oh yeah. No, we have that issue. It's like, if there's a bus driver sick, it's like a whole big thing. Hey, kids that are on bus Mm -hmm. seven, um, you'll be riding on bus 16 today. And, you know, it, it's a and whole... And you'll be home an hour later than... Oh, yeah. It's... <laughs> it's pretty... Yeah, it's unbelievable. We... The... Yeah. And during COVID, bus drivers are like, no more. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> that is... Of all the weird things to come out of it, right? That... Mm. That was definitely one of them. All right. So... But... So the kids showing up for band practice like that for rehearsals is like you have good attendance and everything for that yeah generally generally yeah i know some kids can't make it because they can't get a ride yep and that's not their fault yeah so sure. they just come to lessons and just do the best that we can yeah sure 
if we're working to have it moved during the day, but it's it's hard right now because yeah. we haven't had a yeah. No, it's a, a challenge. Principle. I mean, that it's no, that is that is definitely a challenge. I mean, there's the junior high in my town doesn't have doesn't have it during the day regularly. Uh, you don't. I next town over. Nope, they don't either. Like so, uh, it's not. I I can see how that's very challenging when you mm-hmm. think about you know. Let's just say, you know. 200 kids a grade and then you have 70 kids all having to go to band like where are the other 130 Mm. kids like that from a from a scheduling perspective i can understand how that's very very challenging um i wish i wish i could have seen foxborough's uh schedule like i went and observed there one time and it was incredible. Like they just had, you know, a string person, a choral person, a band person. And it was like, all right. And they had three different in this huge music suite for their junior seventh and eighth grade. And this, it, it was really shocking. And I was like, that is such a positive. And they had mm. pull out lessons and mm. all that stuff. And I was like, this is, this is how it should work, you know? But again, it's, half the time what happens is is like even if you or I came up to our principal and were like hey we got a great schedule for you they have specific staff already for the school and mm. for the schedule that they have mm. so like I remember I'll never forget this when I was curriculum coordinator and they had there was an issue with the schedule at the junior high the previous we'd always been every other day at the junior high and then all of a sudden it was like now band is band and chorus are every three days and i was like whoa that's out of nowhere man like mm-hmm. I, I, I was really upset about it um and so you know finally after me like complaining to the superintendent complaining to the principal like hey we got to switch this and no movement i like finally set up a meeting and i did all this research and figured out you know what's the best way to do this and i have had a pretty good understanding of the junior high schedule um, down there. So I went down there and I met with the assistant principal and the principal and we were just really brainstorming. So I'll give them a lot of credit. I mean, that, and I was, you know, I, I had made it a point of basically every Friday writing an email to either the principal and or their superintendent and being like, we have to fix this schedule, hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. every, every Friday. So it was like, we're now four months in and they're super annoyed at me, I'm sure. <laughs> but it was my, you know, they needed to know that it just, I was not going to go away every, every three days, you know, 60 days of band a year. That's it. 60 days mm. of that. That's just not enough. So, um, so anyway, so I went, I went down there and I had a great, a great schedule. So I was like this and I was like, look, we can do this. We can do that. And, uh, and I saw the principal and assistant principal. So I looked at each other and I was like, yeah, I think we could make that work. But I think, I, I think we would need one less uh, PE or health teacher in that. <laughs> oh. Like I think they have, three, you know, they had like two PE and one health teacher, and then it was like, I think we could actually do away with one in in that in that way. So couldn't do that. But we, you know, a little tweak here and there, we were able to fix it for the mm-hmm. for the next year, and you know, so that was that was a good thing, but. Uh, but my point is, is like, you know, they have 
for the current schedule. If you're going to do a big schedule change from not having ban in the day, like so many places do, um, that's a huge, that's a huge schedule mm-hmm. change, which affects staffing. And then that's, yeah. that's really difficult. So I can, I totally, I get that. So, all right. So, so let's talk about some of the other things you do. Cause now I, cause like, like we talked about earlier, you're a piano player. Like you, you know, you view yourself as more of a pianist than you do. For sure. Right. Yeah. My so, trumpet chops are middle school level now. All right. Well, you teach middle school. That's mm-hmm. fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay. But I would also say it's pretty cool that you you probably have an intimate, you know, you could probably teach flute better than most trumpet players and probably teach trumpet better than most flute players. So you have some definite advantages over, you know, Joe Schmo, <laughs> I would say. So, uh, but anyways, p- piano, for example, I know you playing piano. We just talked about you just finished playing piano on a local production of Les Mis. Um, I have, um, and you're also later tonight going to a rehearsal in Falmouth and you're the accompanist for the Falmouth Chorale, very good, very good local, um, town choir. Do do you, I mean, you, you get out there and play as much as possible. Like that's important to you. Like, how do you view that as part of your life? I, I try to, yeah, it's, I just love it. I love it. Yeah, I try to play as much as I can, which is not as much as I think I would like because of school and because of uh, my responsibilities at church because I have the church gig too. So that sort of limits the things that I can do. But I try to play as much as I can. Yeah, and now that I'm playing more, now I'm getting more gigs, which is really cool. Yeah. Because more people know me, so. Right, so... Yeah, and I guess that's a good thing, too, about, you know, in theory, I, I, you know, in theory, junior high and, you know, my job is really technically an elementary job. Um, we don't have as many night things as, like, a high school band director does. Let's just be honest. Yeah. I was I did that for eight years, and I was like, that was... Sometimes I, I found it very difficult. Sometimes all the extra things at night, and I'm like, okay... I'm going to a band parent meeting now mm-hmm. and I'm oh, I'm going to National Honor Society <laughs> induction. I'm going to this audition, this audition, this festival, this festival. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is a lot. Yeah. Um, the high school job opened up uh, several years ago when, when Allison retired and Tom moved to the choir position yep. and he asked me if I wanted it and I thought about it because I thought, oh, this would be great. I mean high school job I think of what you could do all the pieces that you could do that I can't do with my kids and but then I thought about all the extra stuff and I said I, I would have to give up everything else that I do yep and that I didn't want to do that so yeah I mean it was tough you know I I always found it tough to keep playing and and uh, you know I would do I was fortunate enough to have a lot of local wedding gigs or I played almost almost for the entire time that I taught high school. 
maybe the entire time I taught at the high school, I played in a salsa band, <laughs> which was really, really fun. Um, it was also fun because usually it'd be like, I only played during the mambo sections and the mambo sections had to repeat. So it'd be like, you know, eight measures of like saxophone and or trombone and then eight measures the trumpet would join in and then you'd repeat it. Mm-hmm. So I get, so I'd be like, I was like an eight measure hero. <laughs> so I could like still play some high notes and like have fun and be play loud and obnoxious. And I could actually like, even with, you know, I used to call them teacher chops, you know, like I could play for eight measures mm-hmm. and feel really good about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I used to enjoy salsa for that uh, a lot other than, that a lot of the clubs we'd play at would we we'd close them down at one thirty two. Like there was one uh, the Havana Club in Boston, I think had a special. I think all the clubs in Boston close at one, except this club, and then probably maybe a couple others that could close at two. Wow! So I was like, oh my gosh! And then That's by the, oh my gosh, I'd be driving home at like four. I'd be home at four in the morning. That was that was tough, but sort of fun I don't know <laughs> but it was really hard that was really hard to do while being a high school band director let's put it that way and then I you know I I totally get it so when did when did you start the the church gig I started the church gig I think in 2008 I think and so were you uh did you grow up going to church or we didn't we, I think I had only been to church a few times, uh, you know, on Easter. And I played trumpet at a church, I think, when I was in high school, my senior year of high school. I got paid my first gig. Yeah, sure. Um, at a church in Dalton. That was mine, Easter Easter Vigil, <laughs> my first gig, yeah, at St. Elizabeth Seton, right down in Falmouth. Nice. Yeah, that's funny. That was my first paying gig. And so when I moved here and I didn't know anybody, a coworker brought me to a neighbor's house and he was an organist. So he, as as all church organist choir directors do, tried to suck me into his church choir. And I did. I joined for a bit. And then when he left, they asked me to be the sub there. And I did that and they wanted to hire me, but I didn't think I could I didn't think I could direct the choir. I didn't think I didn't think I could do it. And so I said no, um, and I just played until they hired somebody. And then my landlady said that her church needed a sub, so I said, "Okay, I'll sub at your church." Um, but I don't, th- I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I can do the choir. And they said, "Just try it, just try it." And so I did. And then I just, I they were so nice, I really loved it. And then they hired me, and I've just been there since now, fifteen years. This will be my fifteenth Christmas. Oh, that's nice. I, and yeah. I love that church. I got to be honest with you. Like, you know, I grew up. I grew up uh, Catholic, pretty serious mm-hmm. with with my mom, and um, it's a little bit too serious and strict and for me and my beliefs. Let's put it; I'll just leave it at that. Um, but that that church of yours is outstanding, and I I love it, and it's everybody's so welcoming mm-hmm. whenever I go there or when I'm hanging out with you or our friend Amy, mutual yeah. friend Amy that we have and I see some people from church there and it's just there everybody's nice and I love it there. Mm. Um and I've played there a couple times with you, yep. which is really fun. <laughs> and um yeah, and we, you know, when we were bringing up our kids, we 
that's the church that we brought our kids to. Just say, hey, just so our kids saw some church and mm-hmm. see what it was about. Maybe it would be a thing they'd want to be into. Maybe not. They can make their own decisions. It's fine. Um, but I, I love it. So, yeah. So you had never, you had never really sung in a choir, or I hadn't. I when I was in college, I did. I I sang for one semester because I thought I better do this once, <laughs> see hmm, what it's all okay. about. Like like. Like UMass just concert chorale or yeah I miss I missed the audition so yeah just the concert chorale oh cool and I sang soprano one wow yeah he was like oh you're a soprano you'll sing soprano one and it was, was that, it was awful I am not couldn't a have been Abercrombie still. yeah it was it was Abercrombie? I auditioned for him oh, yeah and he said oh you're 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 a soprano uh, we'll put you on soprano one wow. and at the end of rehearsal I couldn't speak it was just too it was way too high I don't know what. <laughs> I consider myself an alto. Wow. I know I'm not probably like mezzo, but anyway, I'm not, definitely not wow. soprano one. But it was wow. good. It was a good learning experience. And then the TA who taught it, I can't remember his name, was really cool. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So, yeah. So then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting down at a piano and you have a sort of a, <laughs> I don't know, how many people are in there? Eight to ten or something? It, yeah, it varies. Yeah, sure. But then you're like plunking out parts, and I mean, I could totally, yeah. I could see, you know, if my piano skills were a low, little better, I could imagine myself doing that. I think I'm definitely like would be more of a chordal analysis type of accompanist, <laughs> I think. And uh, <laughs> but uh, I'd be able to plunk out a couple parts at a time, I think. But that that's sort of what you're doing. How like how do you? You just have to, did you have to like dive into the repertoire a little bit and like really figure out to like how, what I can choose, what these mm. people can handle and stuff? Yeah, there was a big learning curve in the beginning of, there was a huge, they had a, a large library and I would just go down and I had this um, book of, um, I forget the name of it now, but it basically gave you the readings for every week. And suggestions of hymns oh. and suggestions of anthems and themes and things like that. So I would try to relate our anthem to oh, what was happening cool. as the reading and try to pick something that that we could do. And I had no idea what they could do at the time. Now I'm I'm much better at that. And but there were times when I would pick things that I thought would be easy that ended up being way too hard. And yeah, but um, and then I I had to learn a lot of. It's been good for practicing my patience. Yeah. Because I feel like adults are just big little kids. Oh, yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. I'm sure you know with the concert yes. band. Yep. I mean, I know. I'm in the back talking in my <laughs> little brass <laughs> section. Oops. Yeah. Um, Me- Megan plays euphonium in the Cape Cod concert band. Last year played French horn. I did. She's so Poorly. versatile. <laughs> What what uh, you could probably play trumpet in the group. I don't know. Those trumpets could, are amazing. Could, I could probably you know play what? a third trumpet. Yeah, I was gonna say a third trumpet. You could absolutely play. But you know what? They are like they're unreal. I went back. I went back after our dress rehearsal last month, or you know whatever we had run. We ran through the entire. We ran through the entire April concert the Monday before break, mm-hmm. and. I knew this was going to happen as it was coming up. I was like, I picked a very brassy April concert and I went back and three, the the top three trumpets all had (laughs) visible rings around their lips. 
<laughs> and I was like, how you guys doing? <laughs> Everything, you make it all right? And they were like, you had to put Barnum and Bailey's favorite as the Ooh. encore. Oh. And and they were like, I was like, uh, yeah, sort of had to just, you know, <laughs> but uh, uh, no, but they sounded so good. Like they sounded great. They're they really, they really do a good job. I mean, those, it's funny. I'm, I'm literally thinking like I might actually have one of those guys on to talk to him just because the first trumpet player in that band I think he's very similar to my mom in that, you know, did you know my mom played the trumpet, by the way? Have you I ever think met I, my mom? I have not met your mom, oh. but I think I knew only because I'm a giant fan of the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So my mom, you know, I think played in high school. In fact, auditioned for music school. Uh, she took one audition at one place to get into mm-hmm. music school, maybe, but she went for nursing. She mm-hmm. ended up going for, to nursing school. Um, and I think when she went to nursing school, I don't think she ever picked up her trumpet again oh. until I was in seventh grade, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so serious. Like, I think about that seventh grade, uh, you're what, 13 ish years old. Four years, four years of nursing school, 17 plus, I know there was a year. So we're talking like almost 20 years she didn't play a trumpet. And within a few years, within really a short period of time, five, six, seven years, she was playing first trumpet in the Sandwich Town Band. She was playing first trumpet in the Cape Cod Conservatory Wind Ensemble, which is now Cape Mm -hmm. Cod Concert Band. Wow. She was, you know, she was playing first trumpet in Falmouth Town Band here with me before she moved to uh, to florida she was playing in the moonlighters like big band she was playing first trumpet in that wow. and i mean and she hadn't played it but the my point with bringing that up is the first trumpet player in the cape cod concert band bob is was the same way i'm pretty sure i don't 100 wow. know his story but he also plays in tri-county band he plays in barnesville town band he plays in falmouth yeah i think he i know he plays first for all those and um but I remember he actually, this is when I still taught at the high school and I taught his, a couple of his kids who are also very good musicians, by the way. Um, but he came and took a couple lessons from me like he hadn't taken less, like he hadn't wow. played in a while. Wow. And he just became like, he started going to like a brass quintet camp and like mm. just became like a sponge. And he now he plays great. It's I. I love I love working with adults so much I can't even tell you <laughs> like especially the Falmouth Town Band you know it's like I, I want to bring with Cape Cod Concert Band like I want to bring a little bit more seriousness to it and mm. that I'm I'm trying to like you know bring that group to a little bit higher of a level than even th- I think we think we're capable of and mm-hmm. I know that's going to take a long time um but we're getting there. I think it's, it definitely helps that a lot of music educators mm. have joined the group, which is really cool, and I really appreciate it. Um, but Falmouth Town Band, where it's like I never know who's going to show up, mm. generally speaking, on a Thursday night for a town band, and I see you know these people that are scientists at mm. Woods Hole Oceanographic, and I see people that are you know former band students home from college that you know 
didn't really play all year because they're a <laughs> mechanical engineer or whatever and uh major and, and or you know these people that like every now and then i get people to be like yeah i haven't there's a there's a guy playing percussion who's now also in cape god concert band there's a guy playing percussion who just started last year he's like yeah I haven't played since high school. He's 60 years old. Wow. He I he has not played since high school and he is 60 years old. And he's great. Not even good, he's great. He's very he's so conscientious mm. and like um you know, he he is not feeling comfortable with his snare drum chops by any means, but he picks up every auxiliary part and he's like Oh, was this cymbal crash okay? I mean, asking me after rehearsal, how was this gong hit? Was it loud enough? I mean, all these little things. I'm like, oh, it's so great. And I love, because at some point, I I always think about this. I don't know about you, but I think about listening to, I think about just the existence of opera companies or symphonies, you know? And I Mm -hmm. know symphonies, there are symphonies all over the world that are struggling with finances or... Like, I just have a hard time believing, knowing what I know about my friends who aren't musicians, like, they're never going to go to the Boston Ballet or the Boston Opera or the Mm -hmm. Met Opera. I definitely would, but I got to admit something. I never have been to Mm -hmm. any of those things. I've been to the Pops. I've been Mm -hmm. to, I'm not even sure if I've actually been to a BSO performance, to be honest with you. Like, so my point is like, are those groups going to survive? I don't know. Mm, but yeah. but if we're doing our jobs as music teachers, I feel like I feel like at least people can appreciate music mm. and appreciate wow, I know, you know, I'm at home and I'm listening to Steve Miller band and Dave <laughs> Matthews band or whatever band I'm listening to, but I can appreciate wow, these guys are playing Mahler right now. Wow. Yeah. These guys are doing and 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 opera um you know this is amazing you know and and be appreciative of it because those end up those people end up playing in our community bands but those people also end up being the audience members for our community bands Mm and um and and frankly are the people that end up voting when there's money Mm -hmm. that you know whoop it's times are tight in the you know we have to override to Mm. get funds and music is one of the things on the chopping block you know so it it's it's huge to me to be to to make music approachable to community the average community member Mm -hmm. and uh, i i love the adult groups for that so i'm like i I know it's different in in the church choir is probably different, but you also have a hand. Do you have, do, do, do handbells? Yeah, we're not rehearsing right now because yeah. of all the construction happening at our oh, yeah, church. Yeah. We're renovating, so we don't have a a space yet for that. So we put a pause on that. But yeah, handbell choir. I it's so fun. I I play in Easter, and uh, lots of times, especially if they do a handbell thing without a trumpet part. I'm like, give me something. Like, if you <laughs> like, give me something. I love just like sitting in on a handbell. Is it's, it's. Oh, it now that I know that, I'll, right. I'll be calling you <laughs> when I need a sub. All right, all right. No, it's. I I find it very fun. I can't do. There's actually a couple people in there. Like they pick up the two and they have. Oh like yeah, that. I can I'm do like, four in hand. Yeah. I can, yeah, I can't. What? 
Yeah, well, not four. That's oh, what they call yeah, it. Four, two and right, two. Right, yeah. Two and two. Oh, yeah. I was like, four and a hand. I'm like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. Two and a hand. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, There. there's a girl in the one place. She is really good. I don't know her name. Um, uh, but she, she was like, and she's like drop putting. She's, mm, yeah. she was really, really on top of it. You know, a few of the other people, you can <laughs> see them really counting, which yep. I actually, even mm-hmm. that, I can see this one lady just mouthing one and two and three and four and which I even that I don't know how you feel but like do you have to t- in the handbell you must teach like counting or no yes yes yeah yeah it's you know handbell is really hard because you're basically playing you know two notes out of a piano yeah. part oh yeah no I know so it seems so simple kind of oh no but it's really hard because you're playing you might not play at all for a while and then you play one random note and yeah, it's definitely hard or something. Right. So I do teach counting, but then I also, you know, kind of cheat with the strawberry, strawberry, yep. watermelon, that kind of sure. thing, you know, whatever okay. I need to do. Yeah. Cause I imagine like, there's no, what, like, that's why I was curious because in a, in a group like that, I would think handbells, you'd have to at some point have some sort of counting, whether it is, mm-hmm. you know, one, two and three and, or, you know, watermelon strawberry whatever <laughs> um but it's it, like in the in the choir i would assume it's 95 percent rote yeah yeah i mean basically I, yeah I, I don't i can't imagine because i'm assuming do you have like a specific night for choir rehearsal or we actually when i first started we had a wednesday night rehearsal and i put an end to that because people would make plans on wednesday nights and that was yeah it bothered me. So we just meet extra early on Sundays right. instead. I think, I think that's what, well, I bet you, I bet you more people do that than you think, but that just meet most of the churches I know, they just meet on Sunday meet. Let's it's meet the hour or people hour and a half before mass starts or whatever. And then I make recordings of all the anthems so that they can practice at home. And oh, some people do. Good. So that way they don't have to have uh, piano chops at all. They can just listen to their part. Oh, that's and then really the, you good. know I use GarageBand and uh, oh, nice. Yeah. So, how how much did you have to? I know it's just like a foot pedal thing, but I don't know how how hard is that like to switch from piano to organ. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I know nothing. I know nothing about. <laughs> I, I mean, I shouldn't say I know nothing. Obviously, I know how it works, but I uh, I just I don't know how. It can just imagine it's already to me to me for the non piano player it's already hard enough to like imagine looking at the music and getting my fingers yeah. to do all the different things and then adding in feet on it is it <laughs> is it literally just nine out of ten times just doing whatever like your left hand pinky's doing um when that it's depends it depends so when it is like that like if I'm playing a hymn and I can just do what my left hand pinky is doing, yeah. then then I can play with my feet easily. Well, I just use my left foot because yeah. my right foot's using the um, like the, right, crescent, sure. the pedals, yep. the volume yeah, pedals. Sure. Uh, but once there is, as soon as there is something different to play, like if I'm playing a prelude or something and there's an, a whole nother pedal, um, excuse me, a whole nother um, staff for your foot, right, right. then I've it's like, it's like my brain... Okay. freezes and sure. i have to really practice it's kind of like playing drum set yep there's just you know yep. something different for all your all yeah. your body parts to do sure it's it's pretty challenging 
Yeah. So I wouldn't say I'm the best. I'm definitely not an organist. Really, I can play. And sometimes I play with my feet. And sometimes I'm not going to lie. I use the bass coupler. And it just adds that extra octave because it's just absolutely hard. Yeah, sure. No, I, yeah, I was always just curious about that. Like, as I know, like, um, Andrew's wife, Kari, uh, like, I don't think she had really played organ, but now she's got a pretty prominent organ, Mm. um, job now. And I don't, um, and she's doing great. And I, and I just, I didn't get a chance to ask her about it, but I was curious, like, you know, she's a piano, she's a Mm. pianist, you know, and I know that's always been her thing. And, and it seems like uh, she's taken to the organ quite well uh, as well. It's different with the the keys too, because you have to hold down the keys and you have to try to play very legato because there's no pedal to sustain while you're getting to the next notes. So you really have to kind of do that with your fingers. Oh, yeah. Just See, sort of a different technique. That's really funny. I never even would have thought about that. That's, I never even thought about that. Wow, interesting. See, lame trumpet player yeah no that's good to know yeah i never even thought about that we were talking earlier about literature for choir but i would also say one thing that i think i think a lot of junior high and young band directors struggle with is literature for for band at a Mm -hmm. seventh and eighth grade or fifth and sixth grade like how have you, uh, what do you sort of gravitate towards for literature and what have you found like, you know, how have you tackled that? Let's yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. I think it's gotten easier more recently to find a lot more music at that kind of grade one level. And I feel like personally, and I've spoken to a lot of other middle school teachers that the kind of general level of all the kids has been become a little bit lower oh, since yeah, COVID. Absolutely. So I'm picking sometimes at the beginning of the year grade 0.5 music mm-hmm. for my sixth graders, which is yep. scary. But there's a lot more of that music now out. I just go to Pepper and I just spend a lot of time. And I don't pick a lot of pop music. I try to yep, pick. I don't either. I think feel like there's a lot of really good composers that I really like. You know mm-hmm. who is my favorite is Brian Bailmages. Uh, absolutely. Like everything that he He's writes my just guy, sounds man. amazing. Listen, I'm telling you right now, I will know that I have made it with this podcast if i get him to do a freaking interview with me i'm telling you like i think he is so cool and and you know we're doing renaissance reimagined Mm -hmm. in in cape cod concert band which is i think a grade four piece awesome piece i do so many grade half pieces Mm -hmm. grade one and grade actually i do grade one and a half piece which to me it's not really a grade one and a half i think it's only one and a half because it's two pages frankly but uh <laughs> grade one one and a half piece that brian mages does with my sixth grade band and uh he i just some composers get it some composers yeah. understand a fifth and mm-hmm. sixth grade mm-hmm. student and it is unbelievable to me I shouldn't say it's unbelievable because it just means that they just haven't thought about it like an educator, I think, you know, and, you know, I just feel like some composers, you know, you'll look at a part or you'll hear it on Pepper, for example, Mm -hmm. you'll hear it and I'll be like, oh, this works. Yep. That's going to work. Yep. And then all of a sudden you're listening and it's like um, a tuba and bass Mm -hmm. clarinet duet for four measures. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, do you realize most sixth grade bands don't have tuba and or uh-huh. bass clarinet? Like, or, you know, yep. or all of a sudden, you know, the the snare drummers are, are playing like six tuplets and then <laughs> have like a, you know, a nine stroke roll. And I'm like, ah, guys, come on. Like, like we're so, you're so close with this piece mm-hmm. that you obviously wrote and it's, it's a good sounding piece. But that be, immediately makes a piece undoable to me, you know, and or I will say there's plenty of those pieces where I've gone back and I've been like, well, I'm going to rewrite that percussion yeah, for part. for sure. I, I, I just do. Yep. But like, I really like this piece. That percussion part is written poorly or like sometimes there'll be like the Devisi the Devisi written on the same page for some uh-huh. kids, which I don't mind necessarily here and there i've had a bunch of that in some tunes i've done with my kids this year but sometimes for different years and everything like that's my kids struggle with it so i'm mm-hmm. like you know what you know or if it's like a grade half piece and the kids have literally just started work you know are just starting to get a handle on the first five or six pitches and then we're throwing in you know notes stacked on top of each mm. other that's not always easy for kids no. i mean it's I don't, again, I don't mind that necessarily, but there's been times where I've been like, okay, I'm going to write a first and a second trumpet part Mm -hmm. rather than handing out that part with the Devisi notes on it. Like just little, like I'm, I'm super picky because I don't, I don't want to waste one, two or four minutes talking about that. I want to work on the piece and the skills Mm -hmm. that we need to develop in order to play the piece. And some would argue and I don't disagree that, okay, teaching them the Devisi is part of the skill. And I'll be like, okay, f- fair enough. Fair enough. They do get that, and I do do it. But sometimes that isn't always part of what I want to talk about. You know, it's yeah. like, it's not, I don't want to have to do that all the time. If there's one piece where, like, it happens a couple times mm. and we can talk about the Devisi here, you know, or just little silly things like that. I, I am so picky about it. It's good to hear. Brian Baumage is one of my go-to. The other one is Shauna Lachlan for yeah. me. Yeah. Randall he, Standridge, too. His, who you got? Randall Standridge. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, Shauna Lachlan. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's actually O'Lachlan. Yeah. He's another one. So just saying, well, listen, because he we commissioned him in Falmouth a few years back. Okay. I took him to lunch, and I said something like Shauna Lachlan. He's like, actually, it's the Gaelic pronunciation, Shauna Lachlan. My apologies, yeah, but anyways, <laughs> super super cool guy. He's another one I want on this mm-hmm. podcast because I do eventually. I would love to get some composers and conductors and uh, people, other people out there, and see how they became doing that. Yeah. I'm so curious about. Yeah. I'm just always so curious about how people came to do what they do in the music field. You know, everybody's so different in the music teaching, but I also think it'd be really neat to hear like. Obviously, you had a music teacher that was inspirational to you, and then you just decided to compose, or how did mm, like I right. or you know, you know, or you wanted to not just be a teacher; you wanted to be like I can't imagine taking the leap and being like, imagine if you were going to be a conductor. Like think think about that. That's almost like that's almost like being president of the United States. <laughs> like like because think about it. It's like if you're going to be a conductor and make a job of it like how many jobs are there in the world 
Like, yeah. like, like it's just not a ton. Like, I can't imagine me like, no, yeah, I'm going to be a conductor. I, I, all yeah. the power to you. I, I just, that seems like a really hard or a lofty goal. I feel that way about performance majors too, though, a little oh. bit. Oh yeah. I, I think that I, I mean, um, I talked a little bit about that before, but I thought about doing it and I, the thought of not knowing when my next gig was going to come or like, I can't even imagine, you know, and I have some friends, you know, I have, I have a really good friend of mine that I went to college with in New York city. He is the best saxophone player I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, just phenomenal, you know, and I, you know, and I, he, he was struggling in, in that, in New York city for 15, 20 years trying to make ends meet and this he was so good i just breaking into a scene is i think is just so challenging i just can't even imagine i can't even imagine you know and it's obvious you know there's tons of guys around here there's some great trumpet players around even the boston area i'm in awe of Mm. you know it's like they get every single gig and they they teach private lessons at like four different schools during the week to supplement their income you know but it's like I don't know. My trumpet teacher that I grew up, I grew up taking lessons from, I actually bought a house before he bought a house. Wow. That's how I think about it. Like, think about that, that he was a trumpet player in two symphonies and he taught private lessons. He was a performer, went to Boston Conservatory. And I actually bought this house that we're in right now before he bought a house. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's a tough, and I'm... I can definitely tell you I'm still not as good as he is. So on the trumpet, <laughs> you know, so I, uh, I just, that is, yeah, a performer. That's, there's more performer gigs than conductor true, gigs. True, true. But yeah. But y- even that is, da- being a performer is daunting. Think about being a conductor. Wow. I, I can't yeah. imagine. But no. yeah, I've definitely um, found myself uh, often, I always come back. It's like sometimes my program, it's like fifth grade band, song one, Brian Baumajor, <laughs> song two, Shauna Lachlan, song, you know, yeah. sixth grade band, Brian Baumajor, <laughs> Shauna Lachlan. And I also have those for, for fifth and sixth grade jazz band too. It's George Vincent and Victor Lopez Oh yeah, are the two for that sure. actually understand how to write for fifth and sixth grade. They're probably thinking more of like seventh and eighth grade, but at yeah, least, it works. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And they they were it's I you know I was very picky with my jazz band stuff for a while so I actually started arranging a lot of my own stuff for that but they're great and I always come back to the same composers I know I do too and I took a a grad class a couple summers ago it was a literature class and I some of the assignments were to find composers that were women and composers of color and in the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I worked really hard mm. last year, I think when I bought all the Standridge spent all my money. Is, is Stan- yeah, yep. yeah, he is. William um, Owens is a great, great composer, uh, African American. Yeah. He's yep. great. I do a couple yep. pieces by him. Yep. So I worked really hard last year to, to program like all music by, oh, that's by, cool. by yeah. not just the same. Like I'm always yes. the same. It's always the same. Robert W. Smith. Yep. He's another great one, right? Mm-hmm. Brian Balmages, yes. Sean O. Lachlan. Lachlan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, so funny. Yeah. yeah. 
because it's just always the same guys. Yep. Same for jazz band. That's what makes yeah. me the sort of mad sometimes. I pick the same guys as you, and there's a couple others. Like there's mm-hmm. a Mike something. Sure. I forget. But Mike you know, Sweeney. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Rick, Rick Stitzel, Rick Stitzel, <laughs> yep. jazz band guy. Wait, where, to... like, where are the women composers yep. for easy jazz band? Yep. But hey, I don't sure. know. Anyway. Yeah, so we're, you know, in the application process of when, um, this is right after I had gone to Morse Pond and then Steve Edwards came and taught at Falmouth High School and then we had a department head. So now we're looking for a, a brand new high school band director at Falmouth High School. Okay. So we're taking applicants for that and um and someone came in and applied and was a really strong candidate great his entire interview was great outstanding and then i asked this question i said who are some of your favorite composers for high school band and why and this person could only come up with Holst and well, the Holst okay. Suites. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, but is, you have some more composers? And he's like, couldn't think of any. Mm. And I, I really struggled with that answer so much. You know, and the person who did end up getting the job, she could have gone on for a half an hour. Like, oh, I love this piece by yeah, right by Balmages, O'Loughlin, and to Kelly uh, and to Kelly. All could have oh gone goodness. down. I mean, just a, a list, you know, uh, Della Joyo, all the, mm. all these people. She could have gone on for days. And so I, then I'm thinking that is such an important part of our job to know the literature because. You know, yeah, a, a whole suite. I, I've done the whole suites. I've done, you know, all those things. But sometimes, you know, if I have a band with 12 percussion in it, mm-hmm. 12 percussionists in it, I'm not doing a whole suite. For sure. There's four parts to, you know, I'm not doing it. And I'm not, yeah, I could double up a snare. I, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm like, if I have a wind ensemble and I have, you know, six percussionists, okay, I can make that work and we can switch off movements. They play whatever. Fine. I, I can... I can work with that, you know, just to play, you know, and say, hey, we've done this great piece of literature. But I also want to be able to be like, okay, here are the strengths and weaknesses in my band. Mm-hmm. The level of my band is at this. Okay, what piece, <laughs> what piece is going to hide the fact that my French horns are weak, but I have a really good percussion Mm-hmm. And I actually have this group, yep. this, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's, and no, having yep. that knowledge is so huge to be able to do what we do. I, it was, it, it was definitely a stain on, on that interview. I felt really bad for that applicant because again, the, we were fortunate that we had two very strong applicants. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that lack of knowledge in the, literature ended up maybe making the difference which is unfortunate it's hard because i feel like some of that comes from experience too sure yep right i mean yeah if someone had asked me that before i went down to fifth and sixth grade i would have been like uh yeah yeah (laughs) i'd be like whatever's in the library they asked me that when i was hired at barnstable too and i i I had was able to give some answers because of 
because I was had been in a junior ah, high nice. setting. So and I just gave the the names of I didn't know really. I mean, yeah. it had been a long time since I'd Sure. That was in college, you know, you're playing in those groups, like you can't give those composer nope. names really. And so yeah, I had a couple in my head from what we had done and to Kelly was one of them, I remember. We did Portrait yeah. of a Clown. Portrait of a Clown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. I did that in my junior high job. That's that's way harder than it looks. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a tricky little one, I think. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Um all right, so now I want you to think over your entire musical life. I want to know one of your top one or two musical moments. Okay. All right. Okay. One would be playing with the piano guys at the Melody Tent. No way. Yeah. It was pretty much the coolest thing I've ever done. Oh my god. How did that how did that well, There's a whole story, so yeah, I need if you it. don't mind, we tell Give the it. story. So Give it. Uh, having dinner with some friends. It was a birthday present for one of my friends. And uh, we're talking at dinner about improvising. And all three of us are music teachers. And we're saying, oh, you know, we don't really like improvising. It's not my jam. It makes me kind of uncomfortable. I don't do it enough. But I do it with my jazz band kids. Because I feel like if I make them do it, then I have to do it too. So we, we do... Fast blues and B flat. Yeah, every great. week. Yep, just great. And sometimes in F. Sure. Um, so they're all improvising, and we baby steps along the way. But great. So, all right. So we all don't like improvising. We go to this concert. Super fun at the Melody Tent, and um, right before intermission, they're t- saying how they always call somebody up on stage to play with them. And last night, wherever they were, they had some great jazz guy come up and like play with them and I'm like oh that's really cool good for them and then they're like okay who knows what the the notes of the C blues scale and I'm just like screaming it from the back row (laughs) and they're like yeah come on up and I was like all right oh my and I booked it down the the aisle the the row that I was in jumped over the old people on the end of the row probably smushed them and ran down the aisle to the front where I see Steve oh my god is standing up too because he had answered and I thought oh no (laughs) what am I gonna do and he said oh just go 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 and I was like thank you and I ran up on stage and you know they asked me a few questions I sort of blacked out like, you know who you know what's your name what do you do and I'm oh, I'm Megan I'm a music teacher on the cape and everybody's cheering and they're like all right well we're gonna we're gonna jam a little and I was like oh no <laughs> what did I just do um and they started and I just started playing a little just simple yeah using the blues scale yeah 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 sure and the crowd started going crazy it was it was oh, really cool wow. it was it went on for what felt feels like a really long time. Yeah, sure. And um, at oh the gosh. end, everybody Does stood have up. A video of that? Oh, there's video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I showed wow. all my students too, and they thought it was so cool. They couldn't oh, believe I did it. My word. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was really cool. I gotta say, you must have had a couple of drinks before the thing <laughs> because I because I gotta say I feel like that is a little out of character for you. <laughs> at least from the I don't I know I don't know you that well, but I. I 
I would see you as being a little more like, oh, I don't know if I'd put myself out there, but that is super cool. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh wow. That's that's a really good one. How about how about teaching? You got one for teaching. Teaching, I I don't know that I have one specific moment that is so cool. It's more of just a lot of little moments. Like when a kid can't play something and then they get it or yeah, when they sure. finally remember what the key signature is, just yeah, that yeah. there is a key signature yeah. and they acknowledge it. And then just every time um, we're, when we rehearse on the stage right before a concert and I go out into the audience and I just get to listen to my group play and I just think, this is so cool. Like, I can't believe that it, this is my job, yeah, that yeah, I yeah. get to teach these kids how to play and every day this is just what i do yeah it's super fun it's sometimes hard yeah and i think oh, for I, sure. I know that that feeling right there because it's like sometimes it's really hard to remember that yeah to sit back and like remove yourself from all the logistical mm-hmm. garbage and the attitudes mm-hmm. of this or the the fixing of the instrument or the I forgot my music this or whatever, <laughs> all that stuff that we deal with every day to then sit back and go, I'm helping these kids like play this piece. I, I, I love it when they, when they come together or like when they start mm-hmm. to realize, Ooh, this is a really cool piece. Yeah. You know, like I, you know, whenever I hand out a piece of music, I always try to like at least get, focus on like eight measures that I know are going to sound cool and like and then so like at the first band practice we have after it get them to play that and and like ooh that sounds cool like Mm -hmm. you know and again it's so funny I feel like a lot of people think it has to be pop tunes and it's never yeah for me it it never is it never is because pop tunes don't relate to wind instruments all the time Mm. you know sometimes there are good pop arrangements usually for older you know, older yeah. bands, you know, but they, it just, they don't always relate. So I, uh, I like, but if man, you, you do the right piece with the right chord structure, with the right percussion, with the right high mm. points and low points and the kids will, the kids will love it. And, uh, and, uh, I love seeing them love it and like, or being like, Hey, this is our first run through of this piece. Let me record it. So <laughs> then I'll, I'll record one later <laughs> yeah. and we'll see what it's like. And uh, that's always that's always good. I love it when they love. I don't want to say a real piece, but like sure. a real piece. Sometimes I think I pick I pick the whole concert program, and I think, oh, this is going to be their favorite. It's got all the percussion, and it's loud, and it's fast. And then their favorite piece is the chorale from Jupiter. Mm, yeah. Or we did a combined piece with the orchestra. We did. Um, now I won't be able to. Th- oh, the Telamon. A telemon, I think Symphonia in A or something, just a yes. And they are still a year later yeah. asking, "Can we play the telemon again? Can we oh, play? Wow. That? Let's play. Let's play Jupiter." I'm like, oh, yeah, that's funny. this is great. I love yeah. it when they when they and like every, that, you know. And you know what the other the flip side to that is is like there's a couple pieces that I really really love, and the kids don't, mm. and I hate that. Yeah, as much and. There is one that I was actually thinking about popping out again just to see if, like, hey, maybe it was just that one band didn't mm-hmm. like it. Because it was a cool, it was a Bow Major's piece to him, almost positive. I think it was called Olympia. 
and it was very inspired uh, clearly from Fanfare for the Common Man. Mm-hmm. But it had really cool percussion parts, and it was just like, it was, I loved it. And the kids were like, meh. And I was like, oh, yeah. dang it. I hate it. I hate it when it happens. There's always a couple pieces like that where I, that I love. And then like, I just, it didn't, didn't lock in with the other, with the, with the students. That's always, that's a bummer, but you can't win them all. Right. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> um, all right. Last question. I want to know what is, well, I'll take a couple, but I want to know like, what's your, what's your go-to Go to music. You're in the car. Oh. What are you listening to? <laughs> I don't listen to a lot of music in the car. I feel like you know all day long listening to music. Sure. I listen to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. and books on tape. But if I'm gonna listen to music, it's gonna be Dave Matthews mm. or like Broadway musicals. Sure. Yeah. No. That's uh, that's a fine uh, a fine answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. It's uh. I'm I'm a weirdo. Like I feel like if if any one of my friends went through like my Spotify library, they'd be like, "You're you're a schizophrenic," <laughs> you know? Like, be like my classical thing, you know, or mm. like my concert band, or I have like workout, or I have like mm-hmm. heavy like heavy rock, or like Dave Matthews, or you know, I have like my sort of like singer songwriter. Uh, stuff like martin sexton and chris trapper Mm -hmm. i love those guys and uh but that's really funny i my i'm all over the place i like classic rock i'm a big i'm a big monkeys fan monkeys yeah wow i feel like they used to come to the melody tent back in the day you missed them that was before um (laughs) i lived here but i have i did get to see them all actually yeah multiple times how did you how did you come down to the Cape by the way? How did like it was just like there was a job It was the job I applied what it feel like I applied for 100 jobs when I graduated and I got hired in I got an offer in Lynn and I got an offer here. And my mom said you better take the offer on the Cape. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad I did cuz I'm not sure that Lynn is the setting for me. Yeah. And it wasn't really a great job. It was teaching, you know, under the stairs, teaching oh, yeah. in a closet, teaching just wherever. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So Super. I'm so happy that you came and agreed to do this. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think we got it all. Thanks so much. Awesome. Appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Everything Music Ed podcast. Be sure to check out future episodes as we talk to other educators from different teaching environments and cover areas of instruction such as concert band, jazz band, marching band, chorus, orchestra, general music, music tech, special needs, and much more. The theme music for the Everything Music Ed podcast is Jig, composed and arranged by Wally Minko. Jig is performed by Wayne Bergeron, and can be found on his album, Full Circle. The Everything Music Ed podcast logo was created by Sarah Goulart. Mm -hmm.